It is July 15th, and this is Bob Johnson, and I am with Brad and Beth Buser, and we are having conversations at the corner. And if you were here this past weekend, you, know, you got a little taste of Brad and Beth's ministry, and they spent 20 years in Papua New Guinea, and now Brad is the director, founder director of Radius Ministry in Tijuana. And as exciting as all of that is, um, what I want to talk about with you guys today are questions related to how missions is personal, not only to you, but to, to our church as well. We, we want to be an Antioch of Syria kind of a church. We want to be a church that raises up that sends out, that supports, that encourages, that receives back, that welcomes, that loves our missionaries because we want to see, we want to see Jesus honored by people all over the earth. We want to see Revelation 5 come, come about. Um, but we know that this affects us on an individual level. We have right now young people in our church that are giving serious consideration to going uh, to another country for the rest of their life to spread the gospel. Um, so I want to ask you guys, um, first of all, Beth, Yes. you are a daughter, you are a daughter-in-law, you are a wife, you are a mother, now you are a grandmother. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so what? What counsel would you have for a family who's, they're listening to their kid who's saying, Mom, Dad, I think the Lord may want me to go into missions. And mm, that was not what they had planned for their child. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about your story and what counsel you would have for families working through that. Okay. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. And um, from a very young age, they proposed to me that um, if you would choose to do this, we would be very honored. And I know that that was difficult for them. Um, they kept their emotions, um, for the most part, in check, um, especially after we had children and knowing that they're not going to know my children as well as my brothers. Um, but they saw this as a offering that they could give to the Lord and um, that um, heaven is real and that our life isn't about here. Uh, and so they were very um, supportive in that. And I didn't realize until I sent my own grandchildren to um, the mission field, um, uh, six of them, uh, that um, how painful that was for them, but it was very worthwhile, and there is great joy in that. Um, to see people come to the Lord uh, is, I wouldn't want to take that away from my kids, to have that opportunity uh, that um, otherwise they would have never heard. So um, I know that, you know, that sacrifice is real. I wouldn't put it any other way but it is definitely worth the sacrifice. So um, It sounds like for you that your mom and dad from day one, though, 
they recognized that they yes. don't own you. Right. And, and that they had raised you with, with open hands, so to speak. And if the Lord, if you want to use our daughter in this capacity, that they were already Yes, they, they definitely way. were. I don't know that Brad's parents were, well, I know they weren't as excited about that. Um, I, my mother-in-law was a believer. My father-in-law was not. And he thought this was just a adrenaline-type uh, thing that we were on and that we would come to our senses sooner or later. So um, trying to honor him as much as uh, as a parent and yet doing what we really felt that the Lord had called us to do was an issue that we had to work through continually. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think um, the idea of having your kids close is something that, and your grandkids close, that you could, you know, interact with them on a daily, weekly basis is something that probably all parents would choose. But um, to to see um, the gospel go to some um, group that has never heard, um, I think in the long run you'll mm. be um, grateful. And I I know that all of our parents um, in some way were feeling that way um, toward the end of the time that we were there. Were, were you raised with... An understanding of missions, even uh, uh, th that was an emphasis in your home, uh, in your church? Yeah, very much. Uh, my parents um, entertained missionaries. Um, we had them stay in our home from the time I was little. So I was um, confronted with that quite a, quite a bit. Um, but knowing that God did not have a plan B for these people um, really pushed me over the edge. And, yeah. and when I was about 17, I said, well, that's what I have to do. And so I was very happy that I had made that decision separately from Brad. Mm -hmm. He didn't talk me into it. It wasn't like he was coercing me to go. Um, so when I met him, it was like, okay, we can do this together. So perhaps some of our families, just first of all, parents of younger kids mm -hmm. can just see uh, their children as gifts to them from the Lord, not gifts to keep, but gifts to train and to, you know, mm -hmm. raise up for the Lord. And, and to, I'm thinking that when our missionaries come and visit, they ought to try to have conversations with them mm -hmm get to know them as real people and and see what their life is actually like and try to enter into as much as they can kind of the rhythm of their life and so that if the Lord would call their children and put them into those kinds of mm -hmm. arenas that they're not, um, they see how natural that really is as a follower of Christ. Right, yeah, yeah. I think... Um, for um, young families to build bonds with um, the children of the missionaries that um, you support and to build those relationships so when they come back, 
it's a natural feed into, uh, oh, of course I know what you do. I've been communicating with you via email or whatever, um, and, and just build that relationship so it's a natural thing. It, they're not crazy, weird kids that yeah. <laughs> you know, live in an exotic country. Brad, I want to have you jump in on this here in a little bit. Um, Sunday morning, we got to see a little bit of that uh, video, that seven, six, seven-minute video. It just it opens up with you guys just slogging through the jungle, and um, then to hear the story that for the first seven years you are learning the language you are living with the people you are you are experiencing um life in a in a raw and 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 rugged setting um if you had any notion of missions being romantic sentimental um, just this amazing, exciting adventure. I'm sure that got uh, that was that that was worn off pretty pretty quickly. Um, tell us a little bit about just some of the realities of of life as a missionary. I think I think due to the uh, the way that I initially heard about missions. Uh, which wasn't glamorized. Uh, I'm not sure that that um, erroneous view, which is common today, um, that I started off with that. If I, whatever degree I did have of that, um, the four and a half years of training that we went through really knocked that out of us. Uh, there was still misconceptions, um, and the jungle is exciting the first couple hours you're hiking through it, but you get over that really, really fast. Um, and the, the tedium, the monotony, the boredom, uh, the never-ending sameness uh, is, is shocking. Uh, highlighted with a few uh, scary experiences that you write your letters about and things like that. But, uh, yeah, that's absolutely the case. Um, people really need to go into uh, a, a future in missions based off of what Jesus said, not based off of some idea that I'm going to save New Guinea or China or they're going to make a movie about me or write a book about me. Uh, those things can be very disillusioning to, to enter into this lifestyle. Uh, especially even, um, we see missionary candidates coming and having discussions. I want to do this for 10 years and then I want to become, and they have the, the, the rest of their life all planned out. They really need to come open-handedly, whatever it takes for the duration, and uh, put off every other plan B, any, any future life that they're thinking of having. Uh, it just takes a lot longer than most people uh, anticipate. To see a church planted there is no small endeavor. Well, you, you guys really reflect a long obedience in the same direction. Um, how did your training uh, prepare you for that? Yeah, the training that we went through, uh, to be honest with you, most of the guys that were training us had not done it, uh, but they did pull in guys that were field-experienced, uh, we understood that language study was going to be grueling, it was going to be a, a long time, that we had to get to excellency, um, making the gospel clear. There was a lot, even within the training that we went through, that we were not aware of. And so we were learning as we went. Um, somebody in the, <clears throat> in the training actually mentioned, if you do it right, it will take you 12 years. 
And I remember when the 12-year line came and went, and just like, I, I guess we didn't do it right, because uh, if we could have got out of there in 12 years, we would have, but the church wasn't ready to be left alone. You know, sometimes churches have a pedestal view of the missionaries and try to elevate people beyond what, you know, they should. Um, what does a local church need to know about their missionaries? I think that they need to know that they're regular people. They have desires for um, the same things, um, but uh, it's not always possible, and you have to put those things on hold. Um, but uh, I think not um, idolizing or, or thinking just because you didn't go doesn't mean that they they this is what they love they love the jungle they love and i don't care for that so i can't relate to these people well i don't care for it either i'm not a i'm not actually a camper <laughs> i've done a lot of camping in my life and i'm about <clears throat> done with that so um yeah uh there are things that um just to see the things that you enjoy for for women and th things like that i think you can put yourself in that same um, position that they would enjoy that too and to, to assume that. And I think for men too, uh, missionaries would like to have homes. They would like to have roots. They would like to know that their future is financially secure and healthcare secure. And yet the, <clears throat> the lifestyle, the life that they've chosen doesn't allow mm -hmm. for that. And I think it's a, a wrong view that they don't yearn for those things. They do. They just have to put them on hold. That's just, you know, the life of a pioneer church planner. Uh, you cannot be consumed with looking out for yourself. I was telling somebody yesterday, uh, one of the venues, uh, man, I had to discontinue my subscription to Christianity law today just because of the, the in, incessant view on retirement, 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 lay up for yourself. And... Uh, you're just not in a position to do that, but that missionaries are not immune to those desires. So we're a local church and full of a, you, I mean, you got to meet some of the people, people here yesterday. And so you, 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 you know a little bit about who we are and just, you know, how we, how we, the spirit of this, of this congregation, we want, we want to love our missionaries well, because we, we love Jesus. We want to love him. Well, we want to, we want to see the gospel and forth. You guys have had a lot of experience going into various churches. What, um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that there are some churches that you just can't wait to go to. When you find out, oh, we're going to be going there, we know that's going to be such an encouraging time. Can, can you tell us what, what a local church can do that just serves it's missionaries well and just makes it such a, a rich and rewarding relationship for you guys. Um, I think the, um, see if I can put this in a, uh, to know that they're behind us praying for us um, and they know the difficulties of our schedule, like a 40-hour week of just studying language is grueling and to pray that we will stick at that it's kind of like a, a a person that's training to be a surgeon you've got to be know your stuff well and and we did too 
and so to do that meticulously, but not to be so in contact with your missionaries that um, it, their hearts are here and their hearts are there, to let them be there and to do their job well and know people aren't thinking what's wrong with them. They're not communicating with us, but understanding that they need to dive into that world there. So. There were churches that when we came back on furlough, uh, to be honest with you, our kids dreaded it. They didn't know what to do with our kids. Um, they just, it was a very awkward transition for our kids. And so our kids, you know, those weren't many. Uh, then there are other churches, on the other hand. They knew that the abusers are bringing you know, their four kids, and they've got quite an age range. And, uh, man, they, they did their homework. They were prepared for our kids. And like any parent, man, if, if your kids are feeling mm. like, hey, we're looking forward to this, they're well-fed. You know, uh, when we have a meeting with the missions committee, they know what to do with our kids. They've, got, they've, they've thought that through. And they've got people mm -hmm. of the same age. Hey, we've got some couples in our church, and we're going to offload your kids. And you're... And it, it, and, when your kids are at home in the church, man, I'll mm -hmm. tell you what, that church really climbs up uh, the food chain, you know, with the parents. So the last question I have on, for this podcast would be related to that. What, what concerns do missionaries have in general when they're going to be reporting back to a supporting church and it's been a few years since you've been there, maybe even longer because you weren't able to get there the last time you were home and there's perhaps transitions that have taken place in those churches or just just help help us get into your mind uh, you're you're pulling up into the driveway just what's going through yeah just what's going through your mind we always appreciated it when they when we visited a church to to share the ministry that the, the mission if they were a supporting church that the missions committee planned to meet with us and ask very specific very informed questions that showed us they'd done their homework they really cared about the details that meant a lot to us that they actually knew what we were doing if we had a experienced ministry change on the field men asking us why how are we doing with our organization how are we doing with our local leadership uh, informed questions meant they really cared about us and what we were doing out there. Um, so that that's something that I guess I'd, I'd really put a, a high stress on is, man, if you have to <clears throat> rearrange the meeting schedule of the missions committee to do that, do that for them, you know, because missionaries have limitations uh, as to their times and things like that, and everybody does. That's a big one, uh, giving uh, them adequate time when they come. And there's a big church, and so there's a lot of things going on. Um, but adequate time to really, not necessarily to preach, uh, but to explain what they're doing. Uh, yeah, th those are just simple, common things. But sometimes we just felt like you know they they had to tick the box, and thus we had to tick the box. You know, mm, and, and it was yeah. a little more than that. You know, checking in with the church. We always appreciated their faithful support, financial support. But they did, there were many that were very vested in what we were doing, and there were a few that just didn't know what to do with us. Yeah, I think yeah. too, no, knowing that they cared for our children. I mean, if if you love somebody's children, you got <laughs> their heart, you know. So um, they knew age-appropriate gifts maybe to give to the kids. They didn't get them things that were not age-appropriate when our kids were in high school. You know, a new pair of shoes. You know, what size, you know, these are the cool shoes that, you know, he could wear and different things like that were big deals to us. So. 
Well, I appreciate your transparency all, all weekend. And I don't know if that is the result of being raised in Southern California or if that's the result of just life in a jungle. But uh, I just thank you so much for sharing yourself with our, our congregation this weekend. We want to learn from you and, and thank you for that. So this has been Conversations at the Corner. I'm Bob Johnson with Brad and Beth Buser, and um, look forward to our next talk with you.